0: Hello, and welcome to The Vinyl Floor. I'm Christian.
1: I'm Randy. How are you, Randy? Doing good, man. Had to get a good lunch with you today. Yeah, it was, it was nice.
0: It was nice. I'm uh, finally, at this point it will have been a month or so that I've been on this schedule, but I'm finally on a... Uh, nice. Working from home on Fridays.
1: Hell yeah. Beautiful. Can't beat it.
0: Uh, the uh, death grip of capitalism is giving me a little bit more room on the leash, and it's nice. Nice. I nice it. yep. yeah it's beautiful yeah had a great lunch uh a uh, good week pretty good week for you
1: yeah kind of the same old you yeah. know no, yeah. nothing uh, nothing too exciting
0: nothing's ever gonna change right yeah nothing's ever gonna change except the music that we had to listen to this week right true because once again are we in a realm of all blind spots for you Mo- yep. more or less uh couple tracks maybe like half yeah okay. couple tracks uh as we said at the end of last week's episode, uh did I say the name of the damn show? I think so. Okay, I think I did. It's the vinyl floor, just yeah. in case. I'm ha- I'm very sleepy today. They're they're subscribed. They can
1: today. see the title. They know what that- it is.
0: <laughs> You're fucking right. Okay, that's fair. Uh, um as we said at the end of the last episode of the vinyl floor, we previously on the vinyl floor, <laughs> we uh Said that we're going to cover Against Me and Age of Apocalypse. A handful of Against Me albums and Age of Apocalypse. So, Randy, what... I I already... I'm going to make an assumption. Let me guess and see if I'm correct. The Against Me that you knew was... What did you say? About half. Yeah. I don't think you knew a full album by Against Me. But you knew a good handful of songs.
1: I think I technically know all of Reinventing Axl Rose.
0: Okay, that's the one that I was thinking. Yeah, yeah.
1: and then I definitely know the title track from Transgender Dysphoria, Dysphoria Blues. Blues. Yeah, okay. and maybe a couple other ones from that, but that's about
0: it. And then the live album, I figured there'd be like one or two singles maybe that would have stood yeah. out. Yeah, something like along those lines. Okay, <clears throat> so that's kind of where I thought we were coming from, specifically Axl Rose, because you did mention that Friends of yours, like in your life- this band's been in your periphery.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like whenever I was in cars with friends, they would put on against me and I would dig it, but then.
0: Not really explore.
1: Yeah. Not really explore too much. And I guess we'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, I feel like they have a lot of really solid hits for me. And then a lot of songs that I just, they're just fine. You know,
0: that's fair. Yeah. I understand. They I'll be, I'll be, I'll be right up front. I fucking love against me. Yeah. A uh, big band for me. And a band that I was into in high school, but they didn't really hit for me until uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Okay, yeah. Like, that's the album that, like, truly sold them to me. I loved Reinventing Axl Rose, thought it was a great album, loved, like, the amount of times I covered and sang drunkenly with my friends, fucking, uh, Baby I'm an Anarchist. Nice like that down 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 cuz yeah, Cause yeah. <clears throat> and by the way by the way that's the album we're going to start with today yeah. is reinventing Axl rose uh but a huge band for me uh in end of college getting out of college era of my life late very late to get into them mhm um i was introduced to them Via New Wave when that came out, okay. so that's even yeah, yeah. that's also very late to get into them. But uh Thrash Unreal, I don't I don't own that album, so we won't really be discussing it at all. So I'm just gonna say up front I love that fucking album, and Thrash Unreal is an all time against me track in my opinion.
1: Okay, that one sounds familiar. The title, I'm sure I've probably heard it's some, on the live some album. hits from there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh
0: the New Wave. Um, title. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Thrash Unreal is the single, and New Waves the album. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get to the live album, but yeah. So that album introduced them to me. I believe that was two thousand seven ish. Loved it back then. It grew on me more. Obviously, the story within Against Me is the big story within Against Me is their vocalist coming out as transgender and transitioning. Her name is Laura Jane Grace. It was very public. Um. For years, it was obviously hidden and she was living a different life. That's actually a direct lyric Mm -hmm. from one of their songs, living a different life. Uh, But her transition really um, brought a renewed spotlight to the band because they were on a major label uh, for a time for New Wave in the album White Crosses. Um, Both of those, I believe it was Sire Records, I want to say. That sounds right. Uh, if it's not whatever fuck the majors uh, they were on there, and then i- I don't know if they they their contract just ended or they were dropped something along those lines. They went away for a little bit um and she came out uh publicly. There was this write up in Rolling Stone that I very distinctly recall uh seeing the day that that all came out, yeah, and I distinctly remember uh the like my first thought was a song from New Wave. it's the song ocean. And it's on the live album as well. So we'll get to it later. But it has the fucking lyric that has always stood out to me in their discography that made everything make sense. Which is, if I could have chosen, I would have been born a woman. My mother always told me that she would have named me Laura. (laughs) okay yeah so it's right there yeah it's right there and that came out in like 2007 and it wasn't until i think 2014 is when um that
1: sounds about right yeah yeah,
0: 2014 is when transgender dysphoria blues came out so seven years later yeah it's uh, the prophecy is complete (laughs) um so yeah that that brought like a renewed uh like i said spotlight to the band uh it brought them back to my world and uh i truly love that album we will get to that In that time, I was able to see him live twice um, on the tour for Transgender Dysphoria Blues and on the tour for Shapeshift with me. Okay. So when I saw him for Transgender um, Dysphoria Blues, I feel weird (laughs) shortening that to just the word. Yeah. Uh, uh, They played with Bad Religion, actually. Oh, cool. It was like, I don't know if it was a co, I think it was a co-headline type thing because they played a pretty long fucking set. And I don't recall if there was, no, there had to have been another opener, but I don't remember. I just specifically recall being there for against me, and it was mm-hmm. a bad religion crowd type of deal. Yeah, uh, but I did get the live album at that show. Nice, um, great time. They're a great live band. They sound awesome yeah. in person. Uh, I think the live record also sounds good. We'll we'll get there. But now. Getting my quick gush in history with the band out of the way. Um, oh, also, Laura Jane Grace has a memoir uh, that was co written with Dan uh, Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't know the semantics around saying the title of the book um, okay. because it is a slur. For transgender people. Sure. So I'm not going to say it. So there's a soundbite of me saying that. Uh, but if you look up Laura Jane Grace, Dan Ozzie, this, yeah. yeah, book, uh, it's great. Uh, I have read it. Uh, love it. I own it. I can lend it to you if you're interested in reading it at all. It's just, it's cool. a very compelling story. Highly recommend checking that out. Also check out Dan Ozzie's writing in general. He also wrote a really great book last year called Sellout. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I uh, need to,
1: uh, may also borrow that from you.
0: You're more than welcome to. Uh, I really love his writing. He's like a uh guy from Noisy back in the day. Okay, yeah. So he he did uh he would make artists, he would do an article where he would make artists rank their discographies. Huh. And I loved reading that shit. It was That's like cool. the most fun seeing artists be like, you know, we really didn't do a great <laughs> job with this one. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh so just yeah, shout outs to uh Dan Ozzie and Laura Jane Grace. Let's go back, though. March 5th, 2002. Against Me releases their debut full-length album, Reinventing Axl Rose. Though the title is technically, Against Me is Reinventing Axl Rose. Yeah. They did that a lot in their early days. Um, they have an album called Searching for a Former Clarity, and yep. it's Against Me is Searching for a Former Clarity. Okay. They, they liked to do that. It's cute. It's nice. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I I got I got nothing against it. I just like to point it out. Uh the uh album came out March fifth, two thousand two via No Idea Records. And the pressing that I have uh in the collection is a twenty fifteen repressing, and it's like this nice gray splotchy mix type thing. I'll show you. Nice. Yeah, it's uh I got this actually at my first time at Amoeba. Oh, cool. Uh, when I went to officiate a friend's wedding in California, Hell yeah. we went to Oakland and there yep. was an Amoeba not f- in Oakland or not far?
1: Berkeley, Berkeley. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I got this there. And that that's where they had a copy of New Wave. I was telling you about uh, Off yeah, Air yeah. that was very expensive, and I did not get because it was like a first pressing. Sure. Um, but this is like a dark gray.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: there's like some colors.
1: It's got some like yellow and like purple. Yeah, yellow and blues, a little bit blues,
0: a little bit of pink in there. Yeah, there's like a lot of colors, but it's really dark, like a dark marble. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's really nice looking. It's a good, it's it red. sounds good. Uh, it's got the nice uh, No Idea Records um, of that logo lo- logo yeah. guy on the back. It's very classic, like old punk looking yeah. type shit. This album means a lot to me, uh, but I'm going to say that about pretty much all their albums. So. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> this era of like folk punk, and we're not going to get into it next week. You'll see what we're getting into next week, but it's coming up in the collection, we're going to get into AJJ soon. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the epitome of fucking folk punk for a lot of people, and it that genre meant so much to me. Okay, for yeah. such a specific period of my life. Yep, it is like two and a half years of my life was dedicated to that. Yeah, and I. I turned my back on a lot of it.
1: Yeah, same.
0: A I, lot of it. I
1: probably it. wasn't as deep as you were. I
0: was playing it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. in a
0: band called The Heathens. It was a duo. That's,
1: that's a good name. Yeah.
0: Uh, there was, you know how many bands are called The Heathens? That's probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we played Athens house shows a lot. So nice. even though we were an Atlanta band, we pretty much only played in Athens. Cool. That was really fun. Yeah. We pretty much got paid, quote unquote, in free keg beer. Sweet. We were not 21. It was awesome. I had a great, I really had a good time with that shit. Wore, wore cut off corduroys. Nice. At that era of my life. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I sell. had my Nutramoke Hotel tattoo at that time. Sweet. Playing in Athens. You know, come on. I'm setting the I'm setting the vibe here. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was, I, I was around it. I probably went to some sort of folk punky shows and like there's some bands that I like parts of. Yeah. Or some songs, but... Yeah, I feel like that two and a half year span was definitely like when it was like at its height. Yeah, and I'm sure it's probably kind of still around. Maybe oh, people doing similar oh, things, but
0: oh, Randall, that's his full name, by the way. He, <laughs> it's not, but uh, oh, Randall, uh, it's alive and well. I don't know if it's well, but it's alive. Yeah, uh, the Atlanta scene has actually quite a bit of that going on, Okay. And in certain circles it seems to be a joke that they know that I'm an ex-folk punk kid who does not like it anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a couple people that I know that, like, comment on how I don't fuck with it anymore, like, almost every time I see them. Nice. And I'm just like, I didn't even know you when I was into it. So, like, I don't yeah. know why <laughs> you've got something to say here. <laughs> I can't anyway, say I've I- seen
1: any of it yet. Uh you know I haven't been to a ton of
0: I'm not going to name drop local anybody bands. here cuz yeah, yeah. cuz I'm not but yeah
1: I'll name drop a local like post punk band that I love that oh. I've seen a couple of times Vessel I still haven't seen them They're cool they're very rad
0: Have I Maybe I I've seen their name a lot is all I think
1: Yeah I think they play at like 529 quite yeah. a bit Okay, um, I think that's where I saw them at least one of the times but
0: They m- Do you know if they've released any tapes
1: I don't know. Okay. I think they only have like two singles on a uh, Spotify.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. If that's the case, then I don't think they have any tapes out because I'm just curious if they're working with that tape labeled that I'm uh, okay. With. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, way off course, but here we go. Uh, 2015 reissue of reinventing Axl Rose. It's really cool. Marble, uh, Randy, right off the, right off the bat. You mostly knew this. This was familiar to you. This oh, is, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did you? How did you feel on this re-listen? Taking it in as a whole,
1: kind of the same that I went into it. Uh, so the you know pints of Guinness make you strong. The opener is a Big great, bop. great song. I love uh, the drums just being like just the snare like snare roll type of thing. Uh, that kind of thing just is really like driving and cool, and it's a good catchy song. It's
0: a classic. Yeah. against me track.
1: Definitely remember that one uh, quite a bit. But yeah, there's there's some lulls here for me
0: that's fair that's fair i and i don't
1: mean lol (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: there's some lols here um i don't think i'm gonna have very many lols uh throughout their discography except kind of on the live album and a couple tracks uh we'll get there um let's just go track by track then because I'm very curious. Sure. I, I was kind of going to go, I, I took some notes about like what the songs are kind of about. So I'm going to touch on a little bit of that. Yeah. But this is also like a very well-known album. People have talked it to death. True. I don't. Who who the who the fuck am <laughs> I to try to tell you about reinventing Axl Rose? All I know is that Pints of Guinness Make You Strong is a fucking incredible way to open an album. Yep. Hard ass Pretty track. much wrote the same thing, yeah sing-along it's about alcoholism and death of the working man hell yeah and the production is really raw and cheap sounding and it
1: it is yeah the thing that sticks out about this uh production and this album so much to me is that snare drum
0: the the, do the drum i could like piccolo snare that's like
1: such a high frequency that it like cuts through everything
0: it's you're either going to hop on that frequency or you're not too, more yeah. or less. I'm about it. I think yeah. it, it adds to the charm of the album. Yeah.
1: I think it works here, but yeah, I can definitely sort of they overly focus <laughs> on things sometimes when yeah. it like super stands out. I feel that. Um, I feel that. But yeah. It feels, it feels very live and cool.
0: They lose that, uh, that particular aspect over time. Yeah. We're going to make a hard shift after this album <laughs> <laughs> into their much more modern produced, way more produced. Yeah. yeah. Um, after that, we, uh, we've got the politics of starving.
1: This is, uh, I feel like the, the issue that I have with, against me personally is that I feel like the first song is very like driving and like sing y, kind of like an anthem. And then the second song for me, I don't know, just like loses energy. Kind of like the pace kind of feels like it, it drops a little bit. Like maybe this would be better suited like a as a third or fourth yeah, song. yeah, yeah.
0: I can understand that. I personally, Randy, I'm going to say this for the last time, but I'll say it again. (laughs) I love this damn band. Yeah. So this song, I completely understand the, um, pacing Mm -hmm. aspect of it entirely. Holy shit. (laughs) This song is biting. And I, I, I love, oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know. I didn't I th- read
1: too many of the lyrics.
0: I think, I think this album, I actually think a couple, this and shapeshift with me, I think could stand for a rearranging.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Not necessarily a tr- like dropping tracks or anything, but just order. Different sequence. Different yeah. sequence. That's the word I was looking for. Fucking mm-hmm. sequencing. Um, lyrically, they're all black and white people. And that doesn't have anything to do with us. After all these years, it's still an arms race. After all these years, they still don't fucking get it. Lives and cultures matter more than capitalist interest. It's the FBI. It's the CIA. It's the ATF. It's the IMF. NBC. CBS. Fuck you. (laughs) Nice. Feels good. It just feels. It's an an eternal message. (laughs) Fuck you. It feels good. It's unfortunate that that's eternal, but. It feels good. They all, that's also got the line, uh, when you are so hungry that you'd believe anything, well, they're selling you the politics of starving and what the fuck does that really mean to us? Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty and good. And this is a young, like, I want to say Laura was probably like 19 at the oh, time wow. this came out. Yeah. She was young. Sorry to to sidetrack i don't know i don't know how old she is today she's 42 today so she oh, was uh, this album came out in 2001 oh she was 21 okay. okay she was 21 when this came out still young still very young that is sure. that is pretty lofty shit to be uh wrestling with that young yeah i i think i i was not politically knowledgeable whatsoever in my 20 uh, early 20s Yeah, me neither. I became much more aware of that with 2016. (laughs) So started paying attention, went, learned a lot. This was part of my political understanding back then. Yeah. Was stuff like this and other folk punk bands uh, and just other punk bands in general. I mean, like fucking anti-flag when I found them in like seventh grade, (laughs) like turncoat. Do you know, how well do you know anti-flag?
1: It used to be pretty well if okay. I, you know, went back and listened to it. It's just been like I over think a decade since I've really listened to Anti-Flag. I but, think yeah. you and
0: I would probably have crossover of like the same Anti-Flag albums and probably dropped off around the same time too. Yeah. Because I think the last album that I recall of theirs like being like stoked on was like 2005. Like
2: yeah, probably four, about the same.
0: Four or five. It's for Blood and Empire. It's the one with, it's, it's got the Press corpse. Uh, which is like a big song of theirs and fucking uh, $1 trillion could buy a lot of guns or something like that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't know. The,
1: the one that's sticking in my head is a uh, underground network.
2: Mm, mm. It's
0: yeah, catchy. Yeah.
1: Chorus or whatever,
0: yeah. Uh, turncoat is. We're not talking about fucking anti flag. I don't have any of their. I don't have any of their records. Um, cool. So this song, pacing wise, lyrically, it's good. Pacing wise, it kind of stumbles for you. Yeah. What about we laugh at danger?
1: I need to listen to it again, but I Didn't definitely noted note. that it's. Uh, no, that it's probably one of my favorite songs on the record. Ooh la la, he um, says. He says. I'm forgetting entirely how the song sounds but i do (laughs) have a note that i really enjoyed it and uh it's got good gang gang vocals
0: the older i have gotten the more i am terrible at linking what a song sounds like to its title yeah uh i can be like for especially with against me i was like i don't know the titles to like any of these fucking songs but i know all of these songs and i can sing along to like every chorus (laughs) yeah but i didn't know like all the titles and i'd also I know I've sat with the lyrics before but it hasn't been in a serious way since 10 15 years ago. Sure. So now shit means it's very different. So it's cool. Yeah, I also oh wow, I really like this song. Uh and it's I it's kind of like a tour story it seems like it seems to be about like missing somebody but Not, I don't know if it's like about choosing your passion over somebody or Hmm. just wrestling with like, that's the reality that you kind of have to have a yes. And there you're going to miss somebody because you've got to do this thing and you've got to do this thing because you've got to do this thing. Sure. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I still love you, Julie. Nothing. Nothing. He says, Uh, I didn't really write anything down for this one either other than a lyric that I enjoyed, which is there's so many, Oh, sorry, there's so many things we try to do truthfully. By the time it's through with us, it all falls apart. Maybe somehow the scam will still save us all. Nice. I liked that. Yeah. It's depressing. Uh, (laughs) There, but it's also, I don't know. I feel Laura even back then and especially later is very good at writing romantic lyrics about hopelessness okay. and like w- wanting to die. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, and I, I feel it like I get it. I relate to the, to it. I, I, I hope someone would feel similarly about my lyrics about wanting to die that at least they're they're coming across poetically or something
1: yeah is there anything lyrically in this
0: album that stands
1: out that makes sense later after transition
0: from this album yeah. um let me see if i had any notes i don't look rec- actually that's a very good i feel like it was like literally everything in between except this yeah album. i could see that i really don't recall there being a ton on here, in regards to like gender or yeah I, this this feels less uh reflective and more like yeah. externally like this is just a pissed off I'm a young punk, I'm getting fucked up and fucking shit up yeah. type of album. but yeah, as we go through, I'm actually gonna see if any of my notes align with that. um screaming until you're coughing up blood anything.
1: I think this is where my lulls are. I don't have notes until uh, track seven.
0: I love screaming (laughs) until you're coughing up blood. Uh, I really just love the lyrics. Uh, Opening with uh, everything you gotta hold on to everything you relied on. You gotta hold on to everything you relied on to be. Uh, There is... I'm fucking these up because... Have you gone to Genius? It's the worst goddamn website in the world. I think so, yeah. (sighs) Whoever... uh, I hate it. Anyway, let me try to fucking read this like a human. Everything. You've got to hold on to everything. You relied on to be there is completely fucked. Everything you relied on to be there is completely fucked. That's how it's supposed to read. Okay. There's a skeleton of loyalty hanging in the gallows of your heart. No one wins this one. That's the opening verse. Even If you could get that from how I read it, (laughs) it's good. It's good writing. And where uh, where are your friends? Please help me through these years ahead. Are we just drinking blood buddies, playing with each other's deepest vulnerability, that this is all we know? This song hit like a ton of fucking bricks, honestly, this time around. Mm. Reading it, I wrote, goddamn relevant to my life. Uh, this track is clearly about growing up and losing friends in the process. Nice. It's fun. It's great. How is that not relevant? Uh... <laughs> uh yeah, just Laura really knows how to fucking craft a tune in, around something she's mad about. Uh, Jordan's First Choice is also a classic against me track just by live standards that I've noticed. It pop, I've, when I've seen them, they've played it and it pops off. Uh, that's really what I had. is just classic in all caps. Uh no, sorry I lied. I wrote a couple of lyrics cuz they're really good. The reality that you know is just behind your idea of a society, security, and a self. Am I just fucked up cuz I can't remember the last time any of this made sense, the last time I could stand up for myself. And are we just working till a day we decide we've had enough? All along we were strong enough to be sick of it and put them back in their fucking place. We never asked for this responsibility. We were never in this together. And that's how the song ends. Okay. We yeah, were never yeah. in this together. Yeah. Uh, those anarcho-punks are mysterious. What track number is that? That's not seven, I assume. That's seven. Yeah. Oh, that is seven. So you got a note.
1: Yeah, I like the... Um, I think there's a, a moment where the music stops and there's like a sing-along bit. And it's... Uh, yeah, with the clapping. And it's yeah. us
0: against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's very catchy. Yeah, I think some of these good. songs that I didn't note are lean more towards the, the folk in folk punk. And uh, I like kind of the more straightforward kind of um, where her voice even gets like a little raspier.
0: She full on screams on this album. Like, yeah. It's like.
1: And then we'll get to yeah. it. But the live album, I think I like some of the tracks on the live album more than
0: the how she performs them. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. they're probably
1: just played faster too.
0: That's fair. So that's true. Yeah. Um, so cool. Yeah. I put uh, this song, this whole song is lyrically great and uh, a classic in my opinion. The uh, title track is awesome. Just a ripping punk song. We want a band that plays loud and hard every night. Doesn't care how many people are counted at the door. Uh, Great track. This album's just a classic. (laughs) Because then that's followed by the ultimate bop of the album.
2: Yeah.
1: You want to hear my my note, which you already kind of talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote, good drinking song if I was ever a drinker when this was out. (laughs) 100%
0: dude. (laughs) It's the best drinking song. Get an acoustic guitar. It's very easy to play. Yeah. 30 beers. (laughs) Two friends. 30 (laughs) beers. And you're good, man. You each have 10 beers and you sing. It it sounds like a good time. I missed out. Yeah. You have a big Lebowski poster that's like half ripped hanging on the wall. Hell yeah. It's fucking it's a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh yeah. Baby I'm an Anarchist is pretty much like the fuck liberals song. Sure it's like you're not you're not progressive song like you don't stand for anything you just go to starbucks you're not breaking <laughs> starbucks down the yeah. line is the classic line is when it came to when well when it came time to throw bricks through the starbucks window you left me all alone
2: <laughs> that's a good one
1: yeah there's classic. a this song especially but there's a just in general the whole song has a lot of gang vocals which i really enjoy and it makes yeah. it almost feel a little more live too i don't know if this was recorded like you know each instrument separately or not or if it was kind of recorded in a live setting but there's a lot of uh, energy on a lot of these songs
0: uh all i know is kind of like the quick wiki stuff and it just says it was recorded in four sessions um i don't know i mean i could read it seems again, pretty quick but it seems very quick uh and they've played this album live and full i don't think they've done like a tour of it but they've done like fest and okay. shit in yeah. gainesville and uh there is a full video of it that i have watched uh a lot
1: <laughs> nice i should check that out i might enjoy that a little more yeah. yeah
0: it rules um yeah classic track and then there is uh walking is still honest which i just really like lyrically a lot and uh Laura said uh I wrote walking is still honest when I was 17 or 18 years old I had just moved out of my mom's house and was living on my own for the first time I hated hated so much of what I saw in the world and was pretty angry I walked all of the time everywhere I went it felt like the one true thing I could still do it was some it was ugh. god damn it I'm messing up everything today there was nothing corrupt about it Jesus Christ
1: I dig that. I'm a uh, I'm a big walker. Yeah, I like a good walk.
0: It's lyrically, it is. I, I would sit with that one. It's a good one. And then the album ends on a very somber, at least tonal note. Yeah, a very reflective. I would say the most reflective track on the album.
1: Yeah, now I, re- I really like it as a closing song it, for I sure. think it works perfectly yeah as a
0: closer especially with the energy of the album this is easily the slowest it's like there's yeah it's just there's not another song on the just album just guitar right like or this. just
1: acoustic guitar and vocals I think it's
0: just acoustic and vocal there might be like a little like synth or keys like, okay. like a sustained note I think is happening it might even yeah. be feedback of something but this is like easily just Laura reflecting on yeah yeah it's a good one life here there's the lyric like uh, beyond title beyond lease careers and laws so just like what are you beyond what you're known for yeah essentially reinventing axel rose fucking love this album i don't have a standout track because i take this as a whole i love it uh, sure. i genuinely don't know what i would put because if i put one i'd be like no this other one yeah i don't know <laughs> um, yeah. do you do you have a standout track
1: uh, I got a strong, strong three, uh, cool. Pints of Guinness, We Laugh at Danger. And then, uh, yeah, baby, I'm an anarchist.
0: Those i all I, good. If I had, no, I just said I couldn't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause like right, I want to say, uh, scream it until you're coughing up blood, but then I see the politics of starving and then I see those anarcho-punks and they, so no, just listen to this album. I fucking love it. And they have a bunch of albums in between, but we are now about to take a big leap. Um, we are skipping over, uh, what is it? So it starts with Reinventing Axl Rose and we are skipping over Against Me as the Eternal Cowboy. Uh, then we are skipping over Searching for a Form of Clarity. We are missing New Wave and White Crosses. So we are from 2003 to 2010... Albums gone. Nope. Oops. Oops. Uh, I know these albums. I don't know, um, uh, Eternal Cowboy as well as any of these other ones, but okay. I still know it pretty well. Um, searching for a form of clarity, I'm quite familiar with. New Wave, i I love. Uh, I'm also not like, I'm not crazy into or know White Crosses a ton. Yeah. Um, me neither. I just, I, they were in the quote-unquote sellout phase when the album came out, and that had no bearing on me not listening to it. I was just listening to heavier shit at that time. Sure. Uh So it just didn't appeal to me then. Um It does now. I think it's a good album. It's just definitely not my favorite. Uh And then we are in 2014. So going from 2002, 12 years later, we are now at Transgender Dysphoria Blues, which was released uh, January 21st, 2014 via Total Treble Music and Extra Mile Recordings. Total Treble Music is uh, the band's label. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I don't know if it's just Laura or I think it's like, it might be her and James. James is their guitarist. Uh, I've got some things to say about James uh, in regards to the live album. Um, Interesting. Because he's the backup vocalist. So I've got Ah. some things to say. (laughs) Um, Mostly nice. Uh, but there's there's one song I guess I'm going to say about. I love this album art with everything in me.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: it's done by this artist who goes by Steak Mountain. Cool. Uh, that's S-T-E-A-K-M-T-N.
1: So not like sloppy steaks.
0: Yeah, no, not like sloppy steaks. Well, actually, no, yeah, like the food. Sloppy oh, sex. Okay. Did I spell it the wrong way?
1: I don't know. Maybe I heard it the My wrong way. My brain's w- broken. We'll play it again.
0: The food, yeah. The I'm showing Randy right now. The cover is a chunk of meat. It's a dissected <laughs> breast or like a uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, removed breast.
1: If it was like in a cube shape. Yeah. Like, yeah, cut like out a cube of, of meat.
0: The inside uh, is just, it's just so grungy old punk looking type shit that i yeah. absolutely love this is who i mentioned at lunch randy that oh, i nice. really want to get to do some stuff for clot
1: i could see that yeah uh
0: he also did the artwork for the book uh that her and dan ozzy did got it yeah uh and he did the shape shift with me artwork as well oh nice um he's an author in his own right and he uh I've not read his books. Uh he has his second one's coming out. His uh, his first one I think is called like Hunchback 99. It's supposed to be weird and fucked up. Hmm. Um I've been meaning to buy it. I just haven't. And uh he was in a band called Combat Wounded Veteran which is from Florida. So I, cool. I'm sure they crossed paths at the time. They're like a power violence
1: oh, nice.
0: heavy punk hardcore band good shit i have uh we'll get to them i have a 10 inch by them sweet um i love this album this is with the article uh in rolling stone and th- there's controversy around that article about how things were presented uh hmm. the a topless picture of laura was ran in the article uh, yeah and they would, i do remember this yeah when yeah, it came out like, yeah you would censor that if it was a yeah, born yeah. biological woman like yeah so a lot of the, there's stuff around the article but it's important to bring up because it is what got my focus back on mm-hmm. the band and uh this album really blew me away when it came out for its vulnerability and its lyrics and its uh return to after two major label albums a return to a more raw stripped back sound yeah that i really liked uh, it really connected with me at the time. Um, uh, this album, I'm gonna say right up right, right up, right, right up the top here. Okay, I don't think I have had a time listening to this album where it doesn't make me cry. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Not a single time. Like there, there is truly something about her vulnerability in this album that huh. really fucks with me. Yeah, and just not like sob, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I count crying as tearing up. Sure, like I, this album makes me tear up, and if I if I were to let it out, it would probably come out. But yeah, it means a lot to me. It's a very specific time in my life as well. I it came out when I had moved to New York. Nice. Um, I had already been living in New York when this dropped. I was I listened to it a lot on commutes. It it was very much an album about someone taking the reins of themselves and their narrative and their life and yeah. life and i was in a big transitional period at that time and just meant a lot uh and it opens with the title track transgender yeah. dysphoria blues which is kind of self-explanatory about what it's about yeah so they had been away for how long was it between albums? Uh, not terribly long. It's four years. So not not the biggest gap, but a lot clearly had happened in four years. There was even speculation, I recall, at the time that they were done. They oh, really? The band was done. Yeah. Uh, and especially if you read the book, they, they get into okay. a lot yeah. of that stuff. So the title track was also the first single they released, um, and that came out to... What I recall, a lot of my friends were, like, about it. Um, cool. Who had, like, liked against me. I recall the reception being, like, pretty good for it. Yeah. I remember, like, White Crosses having a l- much less love than, mm. than the rollout for this thing. And I think, I think that makes sense. There's a different perspective, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Laura of this track said, uh, it's an anthem to the this really fucking sucks feeling that many trans people can directly relate to. It's an ode to being pissed off at your body's self-betrayal. This album is probably their most like straightforward, lyrically. Um,
2: okay.
0: In my opinion. Uh, not that they were ever like cryptic. Uh, that's actually not true, because she was very cryptic about her, her gender stuff throughout the sure. years, except yeah, yeah, for Ocean, where she said, if I could have chosen, up. I would have been born a woman. My mother always told me she would have named me Laura. Yeah. Um uh yeah i wouldn't say they're like super cryptic but this is the most like personally vulnerable that i ha- like i've i keep saying that word but that's really what this album is is giving yeah it's a great opening track i think it, so it really announces the album yeah really sets the the stage for what's about to come yeah
1: it's got a similar thing to re uh yeah axel rose with the the snare drum just like yeah the the drive of the the song is just like a snare roll you like you get symbols every once in a while but it's just like super driving like fast-paced and
0: i really noticed their drums their drum patterns not necessarily being like the same but them like being very prominent on the live album because of how they would start a lot of the songs like totally like talking to the audience like rep rep, um revving the audience up uh, with drums. And then it would go into the songs like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. That's really the backbone of this thing here. Mm-hmm. Then that rips right into True Trans Soul Rebel, which is uh, is the, if I'm going to, that's the litmus test of if I'm going to tear up or not. It's on that track. That track will get me. Hmm. Uh, and it's the, does God bless your transsexual heart? That line, like, breaks my soul. Yeah, it It's so longing and like sad it's so sad to me it's oh it's heartbreaking this is yeah this is a quote you become more brave about presenting femme but you're still closeted so you have nowhere to go you end up in a weird motel in the middle of nowhere wandering down halls hoping nobody sees you (laughs) um and then laura uh, said there's not a night we play uh true trans soul rebel that it doesn't impact me to mm. me this song is coming from the darkest of places questioning whether even god has love for a transsexual soul uh when all the overwhelming majority of soci- of societies in the world see trans people as disgusting sick or diseased uh asking the question of will you ever find acceptance or understanding as a trans person to get up on stage and have so many people connect with the song shout the lyrics back at me regardless of whether or not they themselves are trans or fully understand the lyrics uh, of, or fully understand the trans experience just seeing that they can connect with the base human need of love and that's all we have the weight of that moment is never lost on me and it's a moment my younger self would have never expected to experience
2: yeah powerful Very-
0: stuff for a true like rock song
2: yeah
1: very uh, well said with this and the title track, the last one we just talked about. It's very relatable, just like feeling like you don't fit in somewhere, just yeah. in general. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have the same experience that she does. But yeah, there's She's a lot of relatability that. in the vulnerability here.
0: The, she, she can convey the emotion, the universe, the universal emotion very well. So yeah. there's, there's something for us to chew on the the ones who are not ex, uh uh living the experience that she is describing yeah um after that is uh what i consider uh a pretty sh- probably one of the more straightforward tracks on the album uh unconditional love uh which i do enjoy quite a bit um uh and i like the i like the uh sentiment that is coming across in the lyrics of Mm -hmm. it. You can love me with everything (laughs) in your body, but I'm, I am who I am. Like your, your love is good and whatever, but I, you're not going to change me. You can, you can love me to death, but I will, I will go to death as who I am. Yeah. And I like that. I'm about that. This album is very, uh, is very self empowering in a lot of ways, um, and then we get uh, the l- loudest song <laughs> on the record, maybe, at least vocally. I think uh, "Drinking with the Jocks," which is one I should I should say on a good handful of this era of Against Me. Moving forward you're gonna if you are not a queer person you are gonna have some of your favorite songs where you can't sing every lyric yep (laughs) because uh they they drop they drop the f slur quite a bit it's it's their word to use so
1: it's catchy too
0: it's catchy and it sucks uh it's specifically in uh transgender dysphoria blues oh yeah that chorus is so catchy you could sing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hold your breath not to catch the sick oh my god it's such a good chorus but yeah it's in the chorus so kind of tough and it's also in drinking with the jocks which is why i'm bringing it up but drinking with the jocks is also very clear it's about masking and and hiding who you are to fit in with the boys mm-hmm. uh this i didn't remember <laughs> this being so graphic lyrically though yeah uh which is funny because she also s- says uh cunt a lot just she does now in songs she does on shapeshift with me and on this album I believe. okay yeah yeah, yeah. um which again that's fine I'm not offended by any means. Uh, It's not a word I use uh, ever, really. (laughs) Uh, Just it's never been my go-to insult for somebody or to describe something. So I don't know. You're not British? What? What? No, wow. What was that? (laughs) What, mate? (laughs) Like that? I just alienated our one British listener. Sorry. Yeah, Drinking With the Jocks. Uh, It's not my favorite song on the album. Uh, I think it's... okay. I think it's fine. Uh, good. Uh, like I, like I said, I like every song on here. It's not my favorite, but I do like the um, intensity of it a lot. Yeah.
1: I had noted that it sort of, this is where it picks back up again yeah. for me.
0: I really like the Physically, energy of it. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just a very straightforward song to me. So yeah. that's why it's like not a huge standout, but the next one for me, uh, because it's a little weirder, is one of my favorites, and it's one of my favorite song titles that they have, which is Osama Bin Laden as the Crucified Christ. Damn good song title, <laughs> in my personal opinion. And from what I was reading, uh, I mean, this is clearly using uh, Bonito Mussolini's death and the death of his wife while, when he died as, like, a metaphor for something, and what I'm gathering is this is a metaphor for trans violence and just violence against marginalized people. Yeah. Um, with lyrics like what's the best end you can hope for pity fucks and table scraps, subterfuge and detachment, a bullet in the head and a bullet in the chest. Pretty fucking bleak shit right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, uh, they repeat that sentiment of what's the best you can hope for, but change the lyric on the on the later verse saying, what's the best you can hope for? A blindfold and a ball gag? Burned out eyes, grotesque beauty, a nail through the feet and a nail through the hands?
2: Damn. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's, I mean, marginalized pers- uh, persecution. Um, 2014, the trans experience, I can imagine, was... Probably a living hell in a lot of ways in 2023. Holy shit! It's I can only assume how scary it is to exist right now. I didn't
1: want to like make a joke about it or anything, but I was just thinking that she was very ahead of the ahead of the game, Uh ahead of her time. Holy shit!
0: Seriously, and to us ahead because we're not experiencing it. Yeah. So to her, that was reality, and I can only assume it's gotten unfortunately so much worse. Uh call your fucking congressman. Uh or I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um you'll hear a bleep there. Yeah. <laughs> uh after that track, which again I love. It's it's an odd song on the record, and I they do this and I like it that they have these we'll we'll get to some of Laura's solo stuff uh later in the collection. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She had this one project called Lord Jane Grayson and, and the Devouring Mothers. That album is so fucking good. And this song feels like it could be a cut off of that album. Hmm. Uh, It's kind of like that smoky, hazy, just kind of grungy, dirty feel type deal. Yeah. I love this shit. Then we hit another single from the album, which is Fuck My Life 666. <laughs> which is a great title. <laughs> really enjoy that title. This uh, is actually about a friend who died or it was titled after something her friend who died would say, which is fuck my life huh. all the time. This, I don't know the six, 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 I think was on there to make it look like a, uh, like uh messenger name or something. Okay. I mm-hmm. don't know. Like I may have just pulled that completely out of my ass. The quote that i pulled about this song is uh the title is something that uh my friend pope would say all the time whenever he got frustrated he would say ah fuck my life and storm out of the room or whatever so the title was very much a tribute to him he was also into stuff like 666 and all that so that song in particular isn't about him but the song dead friend is which we'll get into the lyrics of uh fuck my life 666 are like when i dug into it it very much seems to be about a uh, heavy longing and how the transition impacted the relationship with Laura's now ex-wife okay yeah cuz Laura does have a daughter and was married right. uh to this woman an artist uh in her own right uh i don't remember her last name and i'm so sorry uh heather heather han hanora Han- Hanawora? Hanawora. i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so i'm sorry for everything uh and that yeah the song is for as much as it just drives and is kind of a straightforward sounding song lyrically it hits of uh, don't want to live without teeth don't want to die without bite i never want to say that i regret it never want to say that we grew apart i never want to say that the feelings changed again this one will make me tear up just like
2: damn dude so sad
0: (laughs) like uh there's there's a couple that i like hit so fucking different on this listen through uh like dead friend which is next and i just wrote so fucking sad uh this is about uh their laura's friend john paul allison who went by pope Uh, who died at the age of 26 after uh, going to the doctor for a broken foot. And then they started treating other things and they got over-medicated. And they died. And the line in the song that really hits is in the chorus, which is, God damn, I miss my dead friend. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Which, that hits.
1: Just straightforward.
0: I have truly been blessed to not have any of my close friends or really any like friends pass. Same. I, I have really, I don't know how I've skirted that. I've had some crazy shit go on in my life that sucked, but not that, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, But I know a lot of people who have. Yeah, me it's, too. It's rough. It's very rough and that goes into more rough. But this one's actually like goes back to that romantic beautiful way that laura talks about death in the next song two coffins which is the acoustic kind of just her and the guitar song um this is an all-timer for me because i love to cover this song Uh, i play this a lot when i practice for like my hark shit nice um this is a love song and a contemplation on like the fragility of life and the inevitability of death, in my opinion. Uh, but it's a love song to uh, Laura's daughter. Okay, because um, it's the two coffins. Oh my god, I love this fucking song. Two coffins for sleep, one for you, one for me. We'll get there eventually. In the dark of our graves, our bodies will decay. I wish you'd never change. How lucky I ever was to see the way that you smiled at me your little moon face shining bright at me one day soon there'll be nothing left of you and me two coffins for sleep that's how the song opens (laughs) and that's to their daughter (laughs) yeah like fuck yeah um just damn just damn love that song absolutely beautiful anything any notes am i skipping over you here randy no not really uh after that it is uh Paralytic States, um which I enjoy quite a bit. Any note on that one for you? No,
1: I didn't have a, a ton besides the first like three to four ish tracks. Not That's even the last where- track.
0: Because the last track is The Bop, Randy. We're maybe, not there maybe, yet. Though. Maybe. Maybe. I forget. All right, we'll um, we'll talk in a yeah, second. Yeah,
1: this is another situation where yeah it starts off super strong i'm like oh yeah i think i'm gonna love this and then i'm like eh. well because it kind of is just, good but it's just maybe not it does the same thing.
0: thing over and it's it doesn't ever like really grow maybe it yeah. just kind of is and at least that's how a mega fan like myself feels is sure. like if i had to give it a criticism it's like that's kind of it yeah, it's like it's sense. very straightforward like it is what it is type yeah of totally Not a lot of surprises. Um, Paralytic States. um, I found that uh, this song is kind of like a holdover or more. The album was originally presented from what I have been able to read uh, that Laura was going to write it as a loose concept about a transgender sex worker. Okay. So she didn't have to say it was about herself. Sure. Sure. Uh, And Laura said a lot of that was feeling uncomfortable with what I was doing, trying to shift it as if it was not autobiographical. Oh, these songs aren't about me. They're about some conceptual character. And Paralytic States is like very bluntly about a transgender sex worker. So it's like, okay, this is a holdover from that time before you were like, no, this isn't like a story. This is my life. But that one feels very much more story based or metaphor based then the other songs on the album and then it ends randy with black me out come on i, I
1: it didn't specifically stand out to me apparently
0: you be, you're gonna make me shit all over the floor Randy. <laughs> black me out uh it's just it's it's one of those sing-along ones it's another have 45 beers with your friends and get an acoustic guitar and sing along it's the core it uh black me out I don't even need to read these. I'm looking you dead in the eye right now. Black me out. I want to piss on the walls of your house. I want to chop those brass rings off your fat fucking fingers as if it were a kingmaker, as if, as if, as if, black me out. Nailed it. God damn love this song. So good. I put this on the same level as Thrash Unreal, which I said is an all-timer. But they're also kind of the same song in my mind because they have very similar like feels they're very Mm -hmm. actually different structurally but uh they have they evoke very similar emotions in me it's just such a this is also the third to last song on the live album okay yeah um i don't love the live version on the album this i think is a better album track Mm -hmm. than what's on 23 live sex acts but that ends that album i love it it makes me tear up it's just one of those. It just does it. Some, you're, we're going to find there's some albums that just make no goddamn sense that they make me cry. And, <laughs> and uh, I feel like this one does make a little sense just because of how totally. emotional it is. Yeah. Uh, but there is going to be some where you're like, Re- really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm just
1: a crying boy. I don't know if I've had that experience with an album before
0: a crying to it yeah you've never cried to music randy
1: i mean i probably have like not coincidentally but like it was probably the afterthought you know like i put on something when i was sad but i don't know if i ever specifically interest cried to something because it evoked emotion from the it probably has to do with me not really being a lyric person
0: that's fair that's fair i will say i don't i don't cry to like typical sad albums yeah like we'll get to a crow looked at me by mount eerie i love that album and some people can't listen to it because it it makes them sob and i'm just like i don't know about that
1: i got i got one that's kind of close which we'll cover like in 30 40 50 episodes i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah there's so many but
1: it's a uh it's a musical it's a performance a live thing that i watched on hbo and there's a record of it it was directed by spike lee david burns american utopia
0: oh oh yes yeah well your record yeah my record is a double lp and the
1: first lp and the second lp are the same lp so i only have half the record
0: that happened with the mariah carey record i bought hannah i was able to return it though because i bought it at criminal yeah uh but they didn't have another copy so i had to get something else um which we'll get to that other thing um I have American Utopia, so we will be able to talk about it. Yeah, I have a non-fucked up version. Where You ordered it?
1: No, I bought it from Decatur CD. Oh, you could bring that back.
0: If you both, have a receipt yeah. or something. They yeah, would... I don't have
1: a receipt, but oh, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: Did you get an email? <laughs>
1: I'm trying to help you. Here. No.
0: They would, they would hook you up. They would they probably would, but yeah, just be like, Hey, I bought this here and it's fucked up. And they'd be like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Uh, standout track for you from here. For me, uh, it's the whole goddamn thing. Again, truly, this is probably my favorite against me album in that. I don't think, I think nowadays that's probably more common. Yeah. Uh, but it was not common for a while. Okay. Um, but I would say this is probably my favorite against me. album. Yeah.
1: It's the opener for me.
0: Hell yeah! Best track, title track. Uh, for me, it's probably Black Me Out if I had to pick one. But uh, personal favorite is Two Coffins. I cool. think that song is incredibly sweet, and I again love how she can mix ruminations on death w- with love like that. Yeah, it's very, it's very good, very nice. I actually, the live album technically comes next, right?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah. that was released in 2015. So, yeah, we'll just dive into it because it doesn't have anything from Shapeshift with me on it. Um, I have no notes for this. Zero. Cool. Because it's just a, it's a live album. Like, what? Yeah, what's really uh, for me to discuss about, like, I'm not going to go track by fucking track here. Yeah. There's, what, 27, I think, songs? No, yeah. it's 23 because that's the name of the album, 23 Live uh, Sex X. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And a lot of them are ones that we already... Yeah, about. yeah, yeah.
0: There's a ton. This whole track listing has a fuck ton from um uh reinventing Axl Rose and uh Transgender Dysphoria Blues because they were touring the album when they recorded this. Yeah. Uh this to my knowledge, I brought this up. I think I told you, maybe. I don't know if it was on an episode or just talking. Did I mention that Twitching Tongues record that I got? Semi recently the live album yeah that wasn't actually live it's, that's right yeah this i do believe was recorded truly live because there is a there's a whole segment where she chastises a security guard for trying to kick someone out yeah
1: it's in a it's in new wave
0: yeah yeah, yeah. in this track new wave yeah but when you look up where it says it was recorded it says the gritty clit in Keeve, Indiana. And then parentheses, it says fictional. Weird. So I think maybe they just made up the venue to go with the aesthetic because okay. artwork yeah. wise, this is once again done by Stake Mountain. It's and cool. It, the layout is incredible. Yeah. This is a triple LP that deserves to be a triple LP. Uh that's right. I am not upset about it. There are uh pretty much four yeah, there's four songs per side except the last side, which has three, which is fine because it's the last side. I love the layout, it's got a uh castrated dick <laughs> uh on a plate with a spoon. It says a lot of stuff. The rise and fall and rise and fall and rise and fall of against me. Uh, 23 live sex acts beautiful fold out it's got a cool. ticket at the clit says it right there <laughs> nice. uh yeah it just it's very like old school punk type look which i yeah. love and it is a very pretty record it is like this aqua blue green hell yeah kind of splattery looking thing
1: shades of a little darker blue in there
0: yeah yeah it's very cool. Um I got this like I said when I saw them on tour with Bad Religion. Um I also bought a Bad Religion bandana and a Bad Religion pin and I have no idea where that bandana <laughs> went cuz I wanted to put it on my dog when nice. I got my dog cuz it was covered in the no cross shit. I love their logo more than I love the band. Yeah, um, same. Like I love that cross logo so much. Uh but I, I don't know where that went, and I was never able to put it on my dog, and that was like seven fucking years ago. Bummer. Yeah. It all just came flooding back to me. I'm really sad about it. Um, what about this uh, stood out to you, Randy? Anything other than
1: performances? Yeah. I didn't listen to the... I listened to it in chunks.
0: Okay. It is um, It is oh, like an hour and a half almost.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I like the live production. I think it sounds pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of energy. It, like I said, I think they probably play some of the songs faster and maybe I just enjoy the sort of grittier live recording better than some of the album cuts. Uh, And then there's also some of of the songs in the chunk of albums that we didn't talk about that I remember really liking. Like Mm. I was a teenage anarchist. Yeah. That's from white crosses.
0: Yeah. And that song fucking rules. Yeah. And this is a very good performance of it.
1: Yeah, very good.
0: Love how it comes across here. And honestly, the only James, you really don't hear how crucial James' harmonies are until the live album, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, uh, hearing that backup vocal. Um, But he goes a little, on it sometimes, and it can make me laugh. And it really happens in unconditional love toward the end of the album. And I, when I was re-listening to it, I remembered it being a lot worse and it really sticking out to me throughout the album. And I was like, oh, like as it was going on, I was like, oh, I I was nitpicking because this is really not sticking out to me at all. And then Unconditional Love hit. and I was like, no, that's the song. (laughs) That's the one that I remember it happening in. Um, But really, that's all I've got to say in terms of like performance wise So, like nitpick. Otherwise, they they nail it. And do you know Adam Willard, the drummer? I don't know. uh, It sounds kind of familiar. He joined them for Transgender Dysphoria Blues. And he is the drummer of, he was in The Offspring, Rocket from the Crypt, uh, Social Distortion for a bit, Angels and Airwaves for a bit. Yeah. Uh, He's a fan-fucking-tastic drummer, and you can really hear it on uh, the live album. For sure. 23 Live Sex Acts. Really enjoy it. I'm a suck. Do you like live albums in general? I don't remember if I asked you this when we did that advanced bass.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I I really love a good live album. Um, Hannah doesn't seem to. She doesn't like to be introduced to a band with a live album. She would prefer... She doesn't want to see a live performance of a band unless it's actually live. Okay. Until, like... Until she sees them. Yeah. Because she doesn't want any, like, expectation or tempered expectations of being like, oh, that's what they're like live <laughs> type mm-hmm. of deal. Um I fuck with a live album. And I think this is a very good career spanning set yeah. that they did. So if you were curious about Against Me, you could either go listen to this and I think you would get a pretty good overview of them and a good idea for their sound, even though the production of earlier things is way scrappier than this. Um, or you could just look at the track listing and make a playlist out of all the songs from the albums sure. proper. And then you have a really cool little playlist for yourself. Um, stand out for here. I really love the performance of I Was a Teenage Anarchist. I really think that's one of the strongest songs on here yeah um i am bummed that they don't finish new wave though they don't okay they don't restart it fuck it yeah they say fuck it and move on after the security guard thing i like that song yeah um i love the uh musical i think the vocals are good but specifically how they play the music on the ocean on this album which is that song where she Mm -hmm. more or less came out before coming out I really think they nail it, uh, but yeah, dude. And I wouldn't even say I was a teenage anarchist is one of my favorite songs by Against Me, but this performance is like one of my favorite things that they do. It's so good, love it. Anything else that you got about the live album, Randy?
1: Uh, no, yeah, I think I, I dug it quite a bit because there's a lot of the the hits in my eyes are kind of front loaded
0: on it. Oh yeah, and for sure, so for sure,
1: you get a good good solid. Uh, I don't know. Ten songs that are it really is good. yeah
0: you shit yeah it is like it's the first like nine songs yeah are like all fucking hits and there's a couple like spread out later but the middle chunk is like deep cuts yeah and then it's that black me out is when we start like opening back up again because we get thrash unreal which mm-hmm. is a bop unconditional love which is straight yeah 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 sink florida sink is huge in in like the audience. Okay. that song pops the fuck off huh. um yeah great stuff a uh, long hour and a half but uh it's a concert what the fuck yeah so now we are going to a in my opinion incredibly underrated against me record hell yeah that nobody fucking talks about and th- it's their most recent album
1: okay i think Speaking of that, I think this is maybe my favorite of the ones we listen to.
0: Randy, I love to hear that. I absolutely love to hear that. I love this album. I only Uh, listened
1: to it in full once, but I dragged like six tracks to my playlist. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Ooh, Randy. This was released in September, specifically September 16th, 2016. And I have a pressing from that time. Um, it is a double LP, white vinyl, released via Total Treble. Uh, I have a problem here, though, Randy. Uh-oh. This is a double LP, which is fine. It's fine. And I am sure, I'm trying not to blame them. <laughs> I am sure that it is just the way, oh, I just realized I didn't need to do what I just did, but whatever. There are three songs per side <laughs> on all of the sides. Yeah, that's annoying. It's incredibly annoying specifically the a b a is incredibly short uh this album is longer than uh axel rose and uh transgender dysphoria blues 38 minutes not a ton not a not like a crazy amount longer but uh it is longer but it does not warrant the double lp treatment
2: yeah i agree
0: very frustrating to listen to because i get into this shit this album is their boppiest easy yeah and if you don't know what bop means in my word it just means full of good ass songs (laughs) that make make my body move a little bit it's good shit man this was described in a press release uh via rolling stone as having a loose concept about falling in and out of love with uh laura jane grace serving as the narrator um i can see that uh, but I don't feel an overarching concept here, mm. personally. Musically, before we dive in, I feel this is one of their most varied efforts, sonically. Uh, changing up the vibe of yeah. things. Which I am very into.
1: It's probably what I picked up on, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's their least folky. Of that the, would make sense for me
1: enjoying it more than the other ones. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, starting things off with provision L three, uh, how you feel about this as an opener?
1: Uh, another, I wrote another banger opening track. They always have good opening, opening it's, songs.
0: Yeah. It comes in all guns blazing. Um, this is honestly though, probably my least favorite song on the album just because it's, it just is very much a blasting punk song. Yeah. Um, not that I dislike it, just it's fine to me none of the lyrics like super stick out to me in terms of like particular writing, pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. What's going on. Uh, do you know what provision L three is? No. Pro. Idea. So I, I didn't know either. Um, the provision L three is a security scanner usually found at airports. There have been numerous cases where abnormal abnormalities quote unquote, uh, have occurred in scan It's, It's the scanning machine that if you're trans, you end up getting pulled aside and fucked with, essentially, because there's, quote, abnormalities under your clothes. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fucked up. Um, So, it's about, uh, essentially, unnecessary procedures that are put in place and make trans lives difficult.
1: That's a bummer. You want to hear a, uh, I don't know how often you
0: fly. Not super, but...
1: And, uh check my pri- privilege, but I have TSA pre-check. And I think Yo. these scanners are only in the pre-check area, mm. but the brand of the scanner is analogic, A-N-A-L-O-G-I-C, but it looks like Analogic. Yeah. And I kind of laugh every time I go through.
0: Yeah. That's like, um, uh, in an alrapist. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, God, is that still on Netflix? Did they remove Arrested Development? I feel like I saw it was leaving. I
1: don't know. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I gotta figure. People out are where just that getting is. rid of things these days. I know it's frustrating. Hannah's never seen Arrested Development. I gotta show her it to her. Um, then that goes into twelve o three, which is the second track on the album. Which to me is a killer song with a sick fucking chorus, which is the uh, a limited range to haunt. Thankful for the friends I've got. Really nice. love that. I just love the sentiment of it it's uh again all of these songs are bombers dude when you read the lyrics um but they're relatable so yeah they are what they are um did you have a note for that one specifically
1: uh no i, I mean i think i dug almost most the of the thing. songs on the yeah. album yeah
0: uh boyfriend is catchy as fuck that comes next Uh, this one, I had, uh, an idea of what it was about, but I did look it up and, uh, I was validated in what my assumption was, uh, which is like a biting song about, uh, the struggles of dating as a trans woman. Sure. A direct quote is the song focuses on dating someone who still sees the narrator as masculine, treating her like a boyfriend when she's really a girl. Laura has said that for her, dating is a dysphoric experience because she finds herself wondering why the other person is attracted to her. Is it, quote, fading... Is it, quote, the fading masculinity that you see in me? Or is it the emerging femininity? Again, very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Just a struggle. um, The song about struggling with... uh, Figuring out your life uh, romantically. Figuring out your life socially. Figuring out... yeah figuring out yourself uh treated me like a boyfriend like some dumb fucking boyfriend yeah just uh, i love her use of fuck really works sometimes Mm -hmm. she uses it in such a satisfying way um the next song was a single it's called crash love the song love this song randy
1: (laughs) yes i don't know how to describe it and i have to listen to it again but there's something like so simple about like the verse into the chorus
0: it's just the same riff yeah yeah uh, yeah. oh my god is this song infectious yeah so fucking good i wrote love this song period it's a bop it rules summer jam i never have fun let me have fun (laughs) (laughs) love this song and fun fact the music video for it was filmed at the 40 watt in athens
1: oh really yeah Still got to check that out.
0: Uh, that's where we just saw um, Whitmer Thomas and oh, nice. Um,
1: is it a smaller Howdy. club?
0: It's about the size of the Earl.
1: Okay, I uh, think maybe a
0: little bigger than the Earl.
1: I think it's in like November, and it's probably sold out by now. But I think Angel Olsen's playing there.
0: Oh shoot, that makes sense. Which would be
1: pretty rad to see. Honestly, in a I'm kind of venue. surprised
0: she's not doing Georgia Theater if she's playing Athens. Yeah, yeah, Georgia Theater is bigger than the 40 watt. Yeah. But when I saw milk in 2014 or 20... Shit, was that like 2012? That might have been like 2012. Um, they played 40 watt. Oh, cool. And that was... That, I mean, that sold out, but they played multiple nights. Yeah. So, um, now, Randy, if you'll notice on the, the spreadsheet we have, you may see in the notes column next to Against Me, it says FBS. Correct. Here is where... I wrote in my notes, FBS. This is where I determined, was listening to uh, Shapeshift with me, specifically Crash, the song Crash. I wrote FBS equals favorite band status. I want to determine truly who are my favorite bands or albums or songs. So I'm going to start marking things that I truly feel deserve To be whittled down in a list. And Against Me is the first FBS. Nice. It's crazy.
1: The inaugural.
0: The inaugural FBS. Favorite band status. And eventually there'll be an FB. (laughs) Just a favorite band. Okay. But there'll be a favorite, there'll be an FB, which is favorite bands. (laughs) And then there will be the one FB. Which is the one favorite, you'll see, we'll figure it out. We got a whole, I got a whole, you got a whole, everyone's got holes, but we'll (laughs) We'll figure it out. I got a whole system. Uh, Yeah, so, Shapeshift With Me is the album that made me, I already knew Against Me was one of my favorites. Laura Jane Grace is one of my favorite songwriters, but this, like, re-listening to this album, I I truly forgot how much I fucking loved this album. Nice. Um, This album came out a month before I started dating my now wife, uh Hannah you've heard me say her name on every episode cuz she's my fucking wife <laughs> um this came out the month before her and I started dating yeah. um, so i this is this album is very much entrenched in that time of my life of mm-hmm. the love songs on here really hit <laughs> for me um but again they're not none of her songs are ever like super lovey <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah they're always a little full of death um love crash how do you feel about uh delicate petite and other things i'll never be
1: no notes but again enjoyed this album more than all the other ones
0: mm. i wrote uh, i love how smoky and humid this song feels this is also another one that feels like it could be off that devouring mother's record I mentioned.
2: okay cool
0: um laura wrote you know that song was the or not wrote she said you know that song uh was the song that came like kind of instantaneously. A lot of it has to do with coming from a place of feeling like you are unlovable or being made to feel ashamed of yourself in a physical way. And a little bit of internalized transphobia along with that too. And the line that I pulled from it is the skin on your neck looks a little thin. Don't go sticking it out for me. Fucking brutal. That's a good ass line. Yeah. Uh, the next track is another single though. And I just wrote rips <laughs> in all caps. It's uh 333. Uh this video stars uh Natasha Leon. Okay, really? Yeah. Did I say her name, last name right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um 333 is a is really at heart an optimistic and positive song. Uh this is what Laura said, but there's a crazed mania present in it that's present through the whole album. It's definitely representative of the feeling of momentum we wanted to capture with the album. It's a record that was written on the road, and this song trucks along down the highway just so. And I, I feel that three, three, three is that a thing to me? That's uh, so good. Did you have specifics for that one?
1: Uh, no.
0: Cool. Haunting haunted haunts. Uh, this one felt like a more classic against me track. Okay. Yeah. With that kind of drinking.
2: Mm -hmm. rhythm riff yeah yeah yeah.
0: yeah. uh tonight i can't sleep because i'm haunted it's yeah yeah, yeah. it's good shit really uh very uh uh cheers your beers chorus even though again it's kind of a dark song um dead rats is a big standout for me lyrically fucking brutal honestly it might potentially inspire a tattoo Nice. Like a lyric really stood out to me in this. Um, But this is, this has to be, there's no other way. This is not about the breakup of uh, her marriage to her wife, Heather, because holy shit. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, If I'll just read some of the lyrics Um, that well, the chorus is, and I'm just living in your house, sleeping in your bed. It was a nice dream, but it was a naive fucking fantasy. I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty,
1: pretty straightforward, yeah.
0: And like the verses are all about like uh, just various okay, so like Easter Sunday, she's dressed in black, pez machine in hand, riding a BM- BMX, running barefoot through the graveyard, drawing pentagrams on tombstones. Her bloodbath visions are for him, not me. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty clear what this is but the line that i pulled that like is just really stood out to me is shallow graves for all dead rats i like the dark clouds the best
2: nice like damn yeah yeah
1: i did note the uh the fuzz bass oh it's so good on this track yeah which i think it's it's fuzzy on some other tracks too but for some reason it stood out more this on this track
0: this feels like their alt album like they're going for like a like a 90s alt rock more like yeah. that grungy vibe than I don't know. This album is really cool to me. Yeah. I really dig their efforts. And the art also done by Steak Mountain is cool. like bootlickers and just conformists and it rules. Uh, it's that, got a
1: very like screen printy vibe 100%. Too. Yeah.
0: 100%. Uh, the next track is Rebecca, which is to me a shamelessly fun bop. And the way that she sings, I just want to grab you by the skull in the chorus. It's yeah, so satisfying. This is about just being in love or lust. It's like new, new exciting feelings and just wanting to spend all your time with somebody and mm-hmm. you just want to squeeze them. It's like cute aggression type shit.
1: Yeah. I wrote ripping chorus and yeah. then I also wrote that it's just another like classic up tempo like anthemic yeah uh very anthemic song. Yeah.
0: yeah very enthemic. uh yeah i don't want to stand here next to you and pretend there's something not yeah oh yeah. my god infectious uh arguably my favorite song though is next and arguably this is the biggest outlier on the album which is Norse truth did you have any notes for that before i dive in no uh love how this song starts with uh this song also another one easily could have been on devouring mothers um starts with
1: uh i do remember the song now yeah
0: (laughs) laura throwing out the the immortal line tits out for the boys hard cocks hard cunts line them up oh i love i love her (laughs) delivery of that um she wrote uh or said i keep saying wrote because it's written from me but These are things that I have read that are written down by somebody else. Quote, I wanted to have each song on the record be representative of a state of emotion that you go through in relationships. So there's the really happy light moments and then there's the dark moments where the love turns into anger. Love turns into hate, you know. And that's the end of the spectrum that Norse truth is on. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this song is fucking mean. If you read the lyrics, uh, are you familiar with McCluskey, the band McCluskey? Uh-uh. I fucking love them. Uh, they have like three proper albums. I think I only own one cause they're really hard to find and they just reissued the one that I have. Uh, but this song has very hard McCluskey vibes to me. Mm. Um, and like I said, it's just fucking mean. The chorus is all the places that we never went, all the times we never had. I want them back. Want them all back. I wanted you to be more real than others. All the others. I wanted you to be more real than all the rest. Uh, and then all the places that we never went all the times we never had. I want them back. Want them all back. I wanted you to be more real than all the others wanted our love to be more real than all the rest, but it wasn't come on shape shift with me. What have you got to lose? Fuck it. And honestly, this listen through put the shapeshift with me title in such a different context of her transition and the marriage and the world around her. Uh, She's changing. Other things are staying the same or changing in different ways. Very, very hit hard. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, like the the verse after that is fucking hard, which is, well, there's a killer on the loose. Insomnia, Christ fucker. Christ, who wants to... uh, These lyrics are incorrect. That's not, there's no way that's what she's saying. (laughs) Genius has fucked me for the last time. I'm pulling out the actual lyric sheet so I can read this properly before I say something wrong. Jesus Christ. Where is it? Come on. Shape shift with me. There we go. Well, there's a killer on the loose. Insomnia. Christ fucker. Rape me unwashed and unclean statements not untrue of me we used to be cocaine and xanax now a kiss isn't worth the lipstick where there was once love there is now nothing damn damn the the kiss isn't worth the lipstick is what really like sells it (laughs) honestly like you just had a line where you are talking about a christ fucker and rape and the kiss isn't worth the lipstick like fuck laura
1: also for the listener, the font in the album uh, sheet that he just pulled out looks like it's at like size eight <laughs> font. So, I'm surprised you found that so fast. It is
2: so small.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for it's the credit tiny. there. It is so fucking small. Uh, yeah. I appreciate the credit. Um, this track. Yeah. I really love how dark and uh, mean this song is. Uh, big highlight for me. Probably... I picked two standout tracks for this and they're on the different spectrums, but we'll different ends of the spectrum, but we'll get there. Uh, then we have got uh suicide bomber, which I absolutely love the chorus of, um, Same. her scream is so strong, uh, in that chorus. Um, this song, did you have any notes before I dive into my notes?
1: Uh, I just wrote that it felt kind of a little more stripped down, like mm-hmm. instrumentally, uh, which I dug. And then yeah, the chorus is like very driving and catchy and this one, gets stuck in your head.
0: This feel yeah, this is the God. This song just flooded back into me, the chorus of the, the You're gigantic to me, the wi-. Oh mm-hmm. god. Yeah, this feels like one of those haze this is this album's a great driving album. Uh, A lot of these Against Me albums are great to drive to, but I really feel this album in songs like this, like Open Road put on this song, you're you're singing your goddamn heart out. Um, uh, What I pulled for this is I was thinking about the crazy shit that's happening in the world today and about people who are on the periphery of that, like someone's parents. Again, you said Laura has her finger on the pulse of shit about the trans issues in 2014. Yeah. Well, this came out in 2016, and she's about to still have her goddamn figure on the pulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the idea of, as a parent myself, how does your love relate to your kid if your kid grows up to do something so fucking horrific like a mass shooting or a bombing? Yeah. Yeah. How does the love of a parent then change based on that? How does the idea that you as a couple created something that went on to create such havoc or such terror or chaos How do you wrestle with those feelings? I wrote that song shortly after the Bataclan incident. Oh, damn. Thinking about how do the parents feel? It wasn't their fault. Do they no longer love their kid? Heavy shit. Yeah. Very heavy shit. And uh, beautiful song. It (laughs) it. (laughs) doesn't... That sentiment sonically doesn't come across. Lyrically, you're like, yeah, this is heavy because you are saying... The chorus is, you're gigantic to me the way you bring me closer to death. When the rotting, or uh, you're gigantic to me become wet in my mouth again. When the rotting is you, you're gigantic to me. I can't take the weight. What more can I do? I'm clinging tight to your chest. Explode me like a suicide bomber. Damn. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's some unconditional love. <laughs> For sure. That's some damn unconditional love. And then uh, we transition into the closing track, which is all of this and more. How did you feel about how this album ended?
1: Uh, I dug it. I only noted that it, I think the chorus is just like one line. It is. I think it's like very, another very simple. Just it's uh, all song. this
0: and more to forget over yeah. and over. Again. Yeah.
1: But I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Very, sometimes less words are more.
0: It's nice. It's a yeah. very wistful, reflective ending. Um, I don't think it's the strongest track on the album, but I think it's a very strong way to end it after all the fun surprises that they've thrown yeah. throughout. Um, if I, this would probably be my favorite if Transgender Dysphoria Blues didn't okay. exist. Yeah, I really love how they've matured as yeah. a band. Um, A lot of people don't seem to in my circles. And I think Mm. that's a reason why they haven't put out an album since this. Laura has put out multiple solo albums, which I absolutely love um, and highly, highly recommend. Uh, The first being that Devouring Mothers album that I mentioned. Um, That is called Bought to Rot, I believe. Uh, Yeah, Bought to Rot. Fucking killer album Adam the against me drummer plays on it as well and a longtime collaborator and um uh engineer for against me plays mm-hmm. on it as well uh and i believe he's co-written on some tra- he co-wrote on uh shapeshift with me songs so. okay um uh he does the bass and some organ adam willard does drums and percussion laura handles the guitar and vocals um and james bowman um, who is long time original Against Me guitarist, Laura's best friend, uh, uh, guests uh, pops in on one of the songs as well on guitar. Nice. Um, really, really love that album. If you like this, yeah, uh will probably be up your alley. Cool. Uh, but it's more like, it's more that like kind of bar smoky vibe okay. in a lot of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she also has an album called Stay Alive. We will get to these albums eventually. I own both of these. Uh she only has two solo full lengths. Stay Alive was released uh on um Polyvinyl. And it was it's very stripped back. Uh very lo-fi recorded with uh Albini, Steve Albini. Oh nice. Yeah, it rules. I really love the sound of the second solo album. Um but that wraps up against me. That's yeah. all I've got.
2: Oh, no, that's not true. Oh, yeah. We got a uh, split. We got a, seven, a inch. seven inch.
0: We got a seven inch. You listen to these. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. the assignment. Um, I this this is the Stabatha Christie and first high of the morning seven inch. This was released on uh, record store day. Uh april 22nd 2017 these are b-sides from the shapeshift with me Uh, session okay yeah uh which uh production wise you can tell that makes a lot of sense uh how did we'll just there's only two songs uh how did you feel about stabatha christie
1: not really standouts for me
0: i think stabatha christie the track is probably my least favorite against me song of all time yeah i really don't
1: like
2: that song yeah
0: i don't i bought this because i loved the art it's and it's cool. like yeah. and against me i'm holding the seven inch right now it's uh like it's printed with more artwork by uh our boy steak mountain it's like a droopy face skin mm-hmm. he really leaned into like body transformation on all of the against me work and i i need to i've emailed him he's never emailed me back uh i really wanted to do some shit for us um I don't care. I don't like Sabbath and Chrissy.
1: Cool. Yeah. Like I said, I, I listened to it. I think I listened to both these songs once and I was like, eh.
0: I think First High of the Morning is good. The, I listened to it twice through. It's not hard because it's one song. Yeah. Uh, the first time I was like, I think I like this. And the second time is like, I think if this had been on the album, it would have grown on me really hard. Like, it would have been in the running of, like, oh, this is just a good song on the album. Mm-hmm. Whereas if Sabbath Christie was on the album, I would have been like, what the fuck? I, I don't like it. Huh. So I'm happy it's a B-side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this closes it out. I think first high of the morning, I read the lyrics, it seems to be about, a, like, addiction and love and uh, how your high fades, just, like, love can fade, and it's very reflective and... Cool. Laura's in a reflective, reflective era.
2: Nice. Yeah. It uh, standout
0: like, track is not "Stab with a Christmas
1: <laughs> It sounds like um, who knows how accurate Wikipedia is, but they might not uh, play again or record again. So,
0: yeah, they might just be done. Which I can't say that that I'm upset about it because I think Shapeshift with Me" is a. High note to go out on, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like the work that she is doing solo is very good. So I'm not too upset. Though one thing that I'm not familiar with is her latest EP, uh, which I am behind on, which Mm. came out in 2021. Uh, It's called At War with the Silverfish. um, Also released on Polyvinyl. I don't have that. I will probably end up with it by the time we get to her. Okay. Because I've been on the lookout for it. And that's just a short, uh, like s- uh, seven song, 15 minute EP. Nice. Um, yeah. So I'm not familiar with that at all, but otherwise, uh, Laura's doing a lot of stuff. Uh, I think Adam might be back in Angels and Airwaves or something. I don't know what James does when Against Me is not active. Huh. I'm curious. I but, saw that
1: Fat Mike from No Effects was mm-hmm. in Against Me for a period, or he like recorded on one of the albums. They were
0: on, um, yeah. They did shit with his record label, Fat uh, Records. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So sense. yeah, they were all in that world together. Yeah, that checks out. Um, yeah, uh, that seven inch was also released on uh, Total Trouble, their label, and it's uh, the artwork's really cool. Um, not my favorite songs by Against Me, but uh, cool little uh record store day gimmick thing to it's I never see the like this isn't a gimmick but there are a lot of record store day gimmick records. This yeah. isn't that it's just it happens to be on that day and it's uh limited to that this pressing is limited to that day thing. So whatever. Randy, this is where I wanted to talk to you. Hell yeah. <laughs> we are <laughs> leaving against me. And here is where my curiosity Is in full swing. We are going to discuss the uh, 2022 album released via Closed Casket Activities. And my pressing is on a white and green, yellow, bluey, splatter vinyl. Uh, Age of Apocalypse is the band. The album is Grim Wisdom. Randy, you did not know this band whatsoever prior, correct? Correct, yeah. They are a newer band. Obviously, this is their only full length that is out. They have some splits and EPs. What did you think of "Grim Wisdom" by Age of Apocalypse?
1: Uh, I I didn't hate it. There's parts <laughs> that that I dig. I like the the heavy stuff. I like the fast stuff and the uh, the stuff that's a little more metal, yeah. theatrical yeah. type of thing. Like I, I really don't like that type of metal too much. I the vocals didn't bug me that much. Okay. I'm familiar with like <laughs> okay. Life of Agony. Okay. Uh, okay. And like, I'd never loved Life of Agony, but there's some songs that are, that I are bangers. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> at one point I was trying to like, think of like a way to describe this album in a sort of a joking way. Uh, and, and I was thinking that this is a pinch harmonics, the album.
0: <laughs> Dude.
1: There's too many pinch harmonics.
0: I really enjoyed or enjoy this album. Hence why I own it. But I truly did not realize how much they do certain things until this listen. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, whoa, that is actually, I'll just skip ahead at a certain point I wrote in my notes. um, Overall, this is quite one note. (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't like that note, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, this is not an all-time album whatsoever, but it's really good for what it is. And there's a handful of tracks that I listen to it a lot. I don't listen to this album in full often. I listen to it more on streaming than I do on WAX. Mm. I will be honest there. Um, it comes right out the gate, letting you know what it's going to do, though, with uh, Valley of the Mystic. Uh, really enjoy it. Good track. If you're not into that, you're out. Like, there's no reason to keep going. if If you can't hang. Uh, I was really curious about the vocals for you, but knowing that you've got familiarity with Life of Agony. Yeah. Then this is not a super surprise to you. I showed this to Hannah, specifically the second track, The Patriot. Okay. When I was first getting into them, because The Patriot's the hit from this album. Uh, It's an anti-fascist song it's great
2: mel
1: gibson Uh, film
0: great film love that man no issues with him uh um uh i showed hannah the patriot and she there's few things that she has disliked more than what this is doing specifically vocally She's yeah. like, what? No. Because I told her it was like Twitching Tongues because she doesn't like Twitching Tongues. Okay. Yeah. Which is trying to do, which is the same, going for like a life of agony type of negative yeah. type thing. Um, but this didn't. The, she can handle Twitching Tongues. She can <laughs> handle this. She did not like it. Huh. Uh, I, I, this is going to be our shortest one. There's not a lot of history that I know about this band. Yeah. Um, uh, this is just a very niche sub-genre of <laughs> metalcore hardcore metal whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah i would say this falls like in metalcore like by like straight definition sure yeah. it's like 90s metal and 90s hardcore smashed together with some guy trying to croon <laughs> over top of it yeah yeah um the driving crooner you will have you'll know what i'm talking about i, I do know that reference okay All so right. i
1: think that was the first episode
0: yeah by the time this episode's out driving crooner will be in your fucking bloodstream (laughs) um was there any standouts on i want to know your notes for this randy
1: not really any it's kind of one (laughs) note for me as well um but like i said it's not the worst of this type of thing that i've heard
0: not Um, even close not even close
1: some some very heavy parts yeah uh, that i dug there's a song it might be begging the reaper that i kind of thought was like a metallica one type of vibe
0: i wrote uh this is the slow jam Uh, because that kind of changes pace of the record is when that song comes on and my only note against it was that the lyrics were really clunky okay i think the lyrics on this album were kind of clunky overall but like that one really stuck out to me um if we're going in order fury uh uh lyrically kind of feels like like local politics pretty cool song um, the Patriot is my favorite. That was like the first song I heard by them. And I think that is also like the hit. Like I wasn't making that up. I think that's the hit. Um, really love at the end when he has the line in Fury, uh, passion burns in the hearts of the hated. And then they go into a breakdown. That shit fucking sick. Passion. Well, it's not, I'm doing it heavier than he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, he's true. doing his like shouty singy thing. Um, the title track Grim Wisdom I gleaned it seems to kind of be about generational trauma maybe hmm. learning from your past while also recognizing that kind of things don't change in a lot of ways I just wrote difficulties abound <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, at that point I said I really like and appreciate how this album flows it is kind of seamless In a lot of its flow until Begging the Reaper. Yeah. yeah, And then that kind of slows things down in a good way. I think that song is a nice reprieve. Um, The next track, Kingdom of Rot, has a really sick, heavy riff at the end that I like. They end songs pretty well, Mm -hmm. it seems. Uh, Later album track is uh, Ghost Heart Island. Ghost parentheses Heart Island. This is a a highlight for me in the second half of the album. Uh, It has a really good... Uh, bass tone at the end bass line at the end that I like a lot Um, and then uh, Begging the Reaper you, you would assume is kind of like the interlude but then they hit you with like a true interlude yeah on Memento which is unnecessary yeah like entirely <laughs> first. I don't understand why that song's on here.
1: And they're both short. You could almost like put really two short. together. Yeah.
0: Especially Memento. It's like a minute and a half minute, 10 seconds. Yeah. It's really fucking short. Um, it's fine. It's whatever it, I, I think it kind of fucks with the momentum of the album. Mm-hmm. Memento. uh, <laughs> uh, pain of creation. Uh, really dig just straightforward. If you like what they do, this is a good example of what they do. Um, Casualty of Time, I think, is the most interesting track on the album. It's the most varied sounding. And that's uh how well, I believe that's how the album ends. So <laughs> uh it's short. It's under a half hour long. Yeah. Um it's actually yes, twenty seven. Yeah. Twenty-seven twenty-six. Um casually Casualty of Time is probably my standout track outside of the Patriot. The Patriot's what I would tell everybody to listen to if they want to give the band a shot, because I think that's the best encompassing of what you're going to get Mm -hmm. Uh, but casualty casualty of time is uh probably my favorite here um i would you recommend this out or would you would it be like hyper specific
1: i think it's pretty specific i think there are specific people that i would recommend it to but like that's fair you know it's pretty uh i don't know you gotta know the person and know what they're into
0: That's not true. I know one person I think that I could recommend this to, and it's only because I know they like Twitching Tongues. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Whom I love. Uh, We will get there, though. Um, I actually wrote in my notes, this ain't Twitching Tongues. (laughs) (laughs) I love that band. So that kind of wraps up uh, what we were working with today. Um, How how you doing? How you feeling about uh, the journey so far?
1: Good. It's uh it's fun. I I think I've probably expressed this before, but I'm a big uh besides doing this podcast and my other podcast the Overlook Hour, I'm mm. a big podcast listener in general
0: consumer.
1: Yeah, so I uh I go through phases where I very much have to force myself to listen to music, and so having a assignment where you force yourself to listen to music uh is very helpful and beneficial for working because uh you don't get as distracted with things. Yeah. It's kind of It's more meditative.
0: It's nice. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's, I truly can relax better in my life when I have music more consistently in it. Yeah. And, uh, doing this has, has been very helpful for me because I have to carve out the time because I'm sitting with the vinyl. Yeah. Um, so I have to carve out the time in order to do that. And it's been nice. I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm looking hell forward yeah. to sticking with it, even though this coming week... Oh, Randy, what do you have to tell to the people? Because I will not be sitting with the records this week. And why is that?
1: Uh It's because we're going to be covering four records from my portion of a collection uh, that I hell? have here. Uh, Yeah, we got four quite different records. We got... The first one is a band called Annihilation Time, who originally is from Oxnard, but then they moved... To Oakland I think when one of the members uh, quit and then they got a new drummer uh, in Oakland Uh, great band that I've seen several times at Oakland picture a venue that is like in a warehouse where you have to get the address from somebody it's not on the flyer situation yeah Yeah. and there's a lot of beer drinking and uh, inside cigarette smoking
0: and solid riffs inside cigs should be a band name
1: Hell yeah. Uh, great band. Kind of like, I don't know, like sort of party punk rock, sort of like Thin Lizzy type stuff. Um, love yeah. this band. I think I have another LP from them too, but I believe that one's back oh, home. In
0: California. Off the, uh, off the, cu- or off the top, I'm going to say I don't, before you go through, so I don't have to say it after everyone, I'm unfamiliar with all of these bands and all of these albums. Hell yeah. So this will be uh, very fun for me to be able to find some stuff I'm not familiar with.
1: Nice and yeah, uh, yeah. So that is Annihilation Time Two, um, and I believe that came out in like two thousand five. Will
0: I understand it? Not think- having heard one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> There's also a three too, so maybe you could just ah! jump in on three and then just work your way backwards. Bird, heard. Okay, okay. Um, the the next one is a album that I've listened to a ton and is pretty like influential i would say but isn't like a huge punk album it's uh by articles of faith uh from 1984 called give thanks uh on reflex uh records i believe it's it's very short it's 29 minutes but i'm looking forward to listening to this one again because i remember loving it uh when i first got it years ago and i haven't listened to it for a while um Our third is a band called Astral K, that's A-S-T-R-E-L, and then Space K. Uh, The album is called Flickering Eye. This is a kind of like a solo project from this uh, dude. His name's Reese. I forget what his last name is, but he's in another band that I have that's in the U's Mm. called Eureka Spacek. I don't know where the first word comes from, but the second word is a reference to Sissy Spacek. Okay, that's what I assumed, yeah. Yeah, Um, great like UK post-punk band, like a lot of, I think they have three guitarists. I saw them in LA years ago, Um, band that I loved and I thought they were kind of like not doing anything anymore and then he released this Astral K album, Mm. uh, which is pretty similar to what they do, but maybe a little more uh, spacey, a little more trippy um, and less like straightforward, kind of like post-punk stuff, but uh great record came out in 2022 uh 429 nice and uh the last one is another band that I love uh called Autolux um I don't know if this is my favorite record of theirs but uh the album is called Pussy's Dead Is that uh, a
0: Sopranos reference
1: it might be. Yeah. <laughs> I've famously never seen The Sopranos. Oh, Besides, fuck, I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: I, I've seen, I mean, I know plenty of stuff. Yeah, I know yeah, how yeah. the goddamn show ends.
0: That's, fair, that's uh, fair. I've
1: only seen the pilot of The Sopranos. But uh, yeah, this is a uh, 2016 album that uh, I really enjoy. It's a, I think it's like Sony Columbia. So I think it's like a pretty big uh, album, a pretty big band. Um, they're a great live. They were... It might not come out a lot, but I was started this band and wrote music uh, for this band called Opinions. Uh, we played one show and then I decided that like I didn't need to play shows anymore because <laughs> it was kind of hell getting the project off the ground because I decided to work with friends from LA who are all beautiful people that I love, but I was living in the Bay Area and I was yeah. going down there far too often and it was just kind Where's of- that commute? Logistically not Five possible. Five hours? Six? Yeah. yeah. Shit. Um, but yeah, I, they, I was listening, listening to them a lot when I was writing, uh, music for that band Opinion. So I don't cool. know if it comes out, but very, uh, cool band that I enjoy quite a bit. Hell yeah. That's it. Yeah. That'll be it for me. Uh, that's about all the A's that I have here.
0: Nice. You do have another one, but that'll pop up because I also own something by this band. It'll yeah. pop up later. We're going to, we're just going to, we're going to mix things up a little bit moving yeah. forward. Why the hell not? makes sense. Um cool. I'm really excited to dive into all these. I don't know a single one and I'm honestly outside of the Sony Sony Columbia. I'm not even familiar with uh the labels all that much. Yeah. Which is neat. Um cool. So looking forward to that. Uh do you have anything that you want to share with the class?
1: Uh yeah, I guess we'll get get the plugs in there once yeah. again. Uh yeah, the intro music to this is also done by myself and you can find that on the Opinions Bandcamp which is opinions.bandcamp.com it's in the demo section uh you could find the older stuff on there too that is more full band and has lyrics uh then you can email us your complaints or your compliments at uh the vinyl atl at gmail.com and uh instagram is similar
0: the vinyl floor podcast That's right. Uh, Yeah, you can hit us up on there uh, at the email. Uh, For me, I don't really have that much going on. Uh, Clot Tour is coming up in August. That starts uh, on, I believe, the 18th in Asheville. Yeah, August 18th in Asheville. We're playing Static Age with uh, our friends in Cave Grave and uh, this band called Piss Rot.
1: Hell yeah. So I'm very
0: excited. Also,
1: Static Age has been around forever, they I have. believe. Because I remember in like 2008, 2009, when I was booking wow. tours for Red Handed, the band I was in, I was trying to get us to play there.
0: We uh, we played there on our first tour, uh, and it was really fun. I right. fucking love Asheville. It's one of my favorite cities in in the States. Uh, and getting to play there has been very fun. Um, I'm hoping. I hope we get to play there all the time. Hannah and I want to move there eventually, but I don't know if I want to go to Asheville because I think it's got blown up already. I want to move like more secluded, but close to Asheville so I can like get to Asheville easy, but then disappear. You know what I mean? (laughs) For sure. So that's the plan. Uh, Yeah, that's it. If you want to listen, listen to those albums. Uh, We will be back next week to uh, pontificate some more. Hell yeah. And with that, Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you later.